I'm not gonna lie, I had some pretty horrible like intern experiences, but I think that that's like just, you learn what you don't like and you learn what kind of company you don't wanna be at. Like I was once at a company where the boss asked me to tie her shoes for her. <laughs> she was getting into sandals and she was painting her nails, which is like already, why the F are you painting your nails at the workplace? But that's another story. And she asked me to like put her feet into these sandals and lace them up. And like, I did it because I was 19 and had no sense of the world. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Well Now What podcast. My name is Savannah. Ever wonder what it's like to be a writer in New York City? Is it all that it's cracked up to be? Well, that clip you just heard was Frances Thomas. She talks about the struggles of securing internships, how to ask for what you want in a job, and how to find a work-life balance in the digital industry. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm here with Frances Thomas. She was originally from Vancouver, Canada, then decided to attend NYU for a bachelor in media, culture, and communications. She now lives in the fabulous New York City as a content editor at Quiddity. I knew Frances would offer a genuine and honest perspective on the challenges of studying and working in a new country. So, Francis, why did you decide to attend university in the States? What interested you so much about NYU? Um, I'd always had an infatuation with New York City. I think I'm not unique in that. Um, and I was a pretty shy and uh, fearful kid. And I think spent a lot of my childhood at home kind of... By my, of my own accord, like kind of shutting myself off from the world. And I think that around high school, I, it was weird. It was like this hunger just kind of manifested. I don't, I, I don't actually know why I think it's just, it was just growing up. I, uh, wanted to get out and I, I wanted to do it in a big way. <laughs> I've always been someone that's kind of like intense. Uh, once I decide to do something, I do it the most <laughs> that I can. Um, so going across the continent felt like the way to do that. I looked at some programs in like the UK, uh, but they were all three-year programs or two-year programs. And I just, I wanted more time to explore myself in college. So um, I already, I, so yeah, I had this like pre-existing infatuation with New York and then just this real desire to scare the shit out of myself and so yeah <laughs> also the media opportunities like I knew that I wanted to intern while I was in college and the program itself was fabulous at NYU so I chose NYU based off that and also like proximity to uh, agencies to intern at while I was in school right so did you always know you wanted to go into writing or did you apply to different programs always knew I wanted to go into writing I didn't I kind of was like playing around with the idea of going into journalism. I knew I wanted to be in some sort of like more structured writing program or I guess like corporate communications writing program. But like at the time that I was uh, applying to college, I think that's when kind of we were really all becoming disillusioned with print media and realizing that like journalism as we've understood it for so long has, is, is not, (laughs) is not a thing anymore. And I was, I think a little afraid of like what that new frontier would be. So instead of studying journalism and like, I was already kind of 
putting myself in a situation with a lot of variables. And I was like, I would like to study writing in a way that is like within the kind of framework of like media advertising PR. So that's why I studied, I chose to study like media and communication, which like gave me a ton of opportunities to write and, uh, use that skill set and develop it, but also like, like parameters around it, I guess it's, it was not creative writing <laughs> or not an English major. Like you're, you're, you were spending your days thinking about the real world and media events right now. So in that sense, it felt kind of more like practical or something. And I know you did some internships while you were studying a little bit after. Mm-hmm. How difficult was that just securing them? But also I heard that they weren't paid in the States. Yeah, that was really difficult. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's a product of my privilege that I was able to not work during or not get paid during the summer. Like my, my parents supported me fully. Um, so that's something that I'm super lucky to have. And I know that not everyone does. There are some paid internships like it. I got one where I got like a stipend. So still like peanuts, but like you can, like basically feed yourself (laughs) and then rent is like another story. And then actually the last internship that I was at did pay, um, like minimum wage and it was awesome. And I actually, that's the company that I'm still at now. So I ended up like interning for a couple more months there after I graduated and then I got hired full time. Right. And how did you get the internships? Did you just network in? Were there positions available? Yeah. Um, I imagine they work pretty similar to like in Canada, but, um, NYU is like very internship centric. They have a ton of amazing resources. Um, just there are like, you're in the city. Um, so it's really like easy to, I guess, proximity wise, it's easy, I guess a couple ways. Like there are a ton of websites, that are free, um, that you can like submit a profile and basically, basically like LinkedIn, but like light and for internships. So you can like internships.com, like stuff like that, where it's like a whole database of companies and you can filter based on like size of the company proximity to like your dorm. So I, I did a lot of online research and then also I was part of a club at NYU called women in communications which had a lot of uh, alums come in and talk about their experiences and their like work in the field and like kind of good places to apply. Or even like I applied to some of the companies that like women came in and said, I am working there right now. You should apply. Like I I really made use of all of the resources at NYU that I had, but I I know that that's not just like an NYU thing. Like a lot of colleges have those, um, I would recommend to anyone to like go to your career center or like whatever your student life building place is. Right. So what do you do now at Quiddity? What's your role? I am the content editor. So Quiddity is um, a shopping focused editorial website. So we write stories about shopping in general, um, but like that could take, I mean, (laughs) shopping is a giant category or activity, I guess is more like it. So Quiddity is actually a startup within um, a larger ad agency called Fig. And um, I've actually, in so Quiddity has been um, kind of evolving over the last two years since I've been at Fig. Like technically I'm actually employed by Fig. And so now I kind of like 
work on quiddity, but it's not so much of a focus anymore, um, at the agency. So I, I like write all of the content on quiddity, but we're just like producing less content now. So now I, um, work quite a bit more on for the advertising agency, basically just, I mean, it, it sounds so like general writing content, but that is <laughs> a lot of the work of, uh, full service agencies today. Um, so all everybody, every brand has a content hub and a newsletter and, is trying to engage with people in meaningful ways beyond banner ads and TV campaigns. So whatever way that they can reach people with content that resonates, they want in on that. So I, I write a lot of different stuff for like financial firms and, um, organic egg brands and like real estate companies. <laughs> and like, it's, it's pretty, uh, we have a big roster of clients, so it, it can change. Did you ever think after you graduated, you're, did you have any moments of doubt? Like, should I continue into something like this? Should I stay in New York? Or did you know, like, this is it. I want to continue doing this. I, I don't think I feel like I know that this is it now. Um, I, I think I was a lot more certain on what I wanted to do in college before I actually was doing it. (laughs) I think it's very easy to romanticize whatever field you're trying to get into. And like, you know, the daily grind of school can be kind of, can get old and you can just, I was very antsy to just like start working. Um, And I think that once I got started, I, I do wish that I had experimented a little bit more, like allowed myself in college to like take different classes and see, like I'm, I'm happy in my job today. And I, it gives me a lot of, like, I get to write every day. I get paid to write. Like that's pretty, I'm very proud of that. And I, I think about that every day, but I wonder if in college, if I hadn't been so just hell bent on like getting a job in media I wonder, I, like, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'd be like way happier, or more satisfied or making way more money or something like that. But I just, I think I was, I was very afraid in college and very just like, I need to get a job and thought that like, if I got a job, I'd be fine. And like, I think in post-grad life, I'm realizing that like, it's not all about just like finding a job. You know, if you're smart and you work hard, you're going to be okay. Like you'll get a job. You can kind of give, let yourself have a bit more fun. So what are the kind of articles that you do like to write about more like personal entries or when you're interviewing someone or reviewing a product? I love to interview people for sure. I love stories. I love hearing about people's like memories and and what makes them tick. So um, whenever I get to interview people, um, which is, I, I guess like you're always interviewing people, but like when they're talking about themselves versus like a product. Um, cause I think like even like for Quiddity, I, I write a lot of brand stories where I'll interview the CEO of a company and ask them about like their company. But like as often as I can, I'll try and like reconnect it to them. So like, well, you know, what is it that, what is it about like sex toys that, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning? Like, why do you want to like build, I just said sex toys. Cause that was like one of my funnest interviews. We, we interviewed the like founders of Dame, which is a really awesome, um, feminist sex toy brand in New York. So like taking it 
away from the product or the brand and, and finding the people behind the product and the brand, which there always are people. Um, but I think that's like the fun part of writing is uncovering that. Yeah. And can I just say that I absolutely loved your pieces on the merge and 10 things I knew before moving in together. I found them really refreshing. And if anyone hasn't read them yet, I highly recommend them. Um, so yeah, what was the inspiration there? Did you, do you ever feel uncomfortable sharing a more like personal side of your life online? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) that piece, the merge, which is about, um, me moving in with my boyfriend was kind of like, I was just in a pitch meeting with my boss and we were talking about furniture companies and I was like, Oh yeah, man. Like I just brought up something about how like I'd been at Ikea like every weekend because I was about to move in with my boyfriend and he was like, you should write about that. And I was like, okay. And then I, and then I was like, Oh, what did I just agree to? Um, especially cause my, my boyfriend is super private. So like, I don't really care about like saying anything about my life online, but I, I wanted to respect his wonderful reverence for having an interior life. Uh, so that was tricky, but it was really fun. I think the challenge there was like finding that, that safe place where you're being honest and you're connecting with people on, in an intimate way, but also like not sharing too much. And that's, it's certainly hard to do. And I, I grapple with it every day. I mean, anyone who has like Instagram grapples with that. It was good. Like that one was like, I think the only piece on quiddity that I really speak from like the first person and like implicate my own life. But, um, every draft I showed to my boyfriend and got his approval before it went to like my editor <laughs> or my boss. I was like, I, the most important person in that like process was him. Cause You know, I was basically giving the internet a look into inside our apartment. Um, Yeah. Do you ever, I guess, like struggle with sharing too much? Because your job is working in media, mm -hmm. like social media as well. Do you ever struggle with maybe like knowing when to, what to share and what not to share? That's an interesting question. I certainly like have to be on social media because of my job, um, particularly Instagram. And that, that can be frustrating because sometimes I, like, I, I couldn't just like go offline. Like that would be really detrimental to just my ability to understand <laughs> internet culture and speak to it, um, on the website. So I think that actually since working in media, I've become less reliant on media in my own life. I was super active, like posting all the time in college, I think, because I didn't have to interact with it every day. So it was kind of like a treat. But now um, I think I make more of an effort. Like I, I like to just get off work and go to the gym and turn my phone on airplane mode, you know, and like not be posting about my workout just like actually working up. (laughs) Um, so I think that actually like working in media has made, has forced me to be healthier about my relationship with it. So how do you get, I guess, new, fresh, new ideas or what inspires you to write? Cause I know it's your job and do you still keep your own personal journal every day? That is another really great question. Uh, I actually just started really committing to my own personal writing Um, because it was something that I had the freedom to do in college and did all the time. And then once I started working, like, it's just your time isn't yours anymore. Like I work nine to six and then I come home and 
make dinner and watch a show and go to bed. And then it's like the weekends are like, you know, chores and trying to hang out with friends. And like, it's, it becomes really hard to just have the like mental space to write. Like after I spend a whole day writing at the office for other people and other interests. So I like certainly kind of was feeling stultified that way. And through a series of kind of self-reflection and just being in therapy and crying to my friends, like realized, oh my God, I actually just need to like force this time into my life. So I, I just actually started a writing workshop one night a week and have like, it's so dorky, but I literally put into my GCAL writing time every weekend for myself. Like I basically created homework for myself because I know that it just won't happen if I don't make it almost a work priority. And do you feel super comfortable in your job? Do you ever find ways to challenge yourself? Like at work? Yeah. Yeah. Just challenging yourself in your, um, in your career. Yeah. I think I'm lucky that I'm at a company that really encourages innovation and trying new things and, and just the nature of, um, advertising is super generative. Like you're, even if you like writing is particularly, um, kind of a mixed bag, like every day, but even if you're working in analytics, or marketing, you're going to have the typical like client's relationship, even if it's like the best client relationship in the world will ebb and flow. And you'll have like maybe like six months really thinking about this one brand, but then like you're going to have to change. So like I, I did, I'm, I'm happy that I'm, I found an industry that like kind of changes for me. Um, but I'm also at a company that like, if something isn't working or I'm just bored, I can like go to my boss and you know, obviously not go in and say, Hey, I'm bored. Give me something better, but like word it nicely, but, and, and think about it and really like also go in with a plan. Like if something isn't working, don't go to your boss and say, Hey, this isn't working. Go in and say, this isn't working because of X, Y, and Z. And I've thought of a solution. How does this sound? You know? Um, cause then you're not just complaining. You're like trying to think of a solution. Yeah. I, I definitely like I just started working on this project that's like a B2B blog for our clients across like all of our clients. So it's basically creating targeted insights for a bunch of different brands. And it's been really, really challenging and like having to teach myself how to talk to investment bankers, like stuff. I'm like, I don't, I'm 23 years old. I don't even know like how to save money, but, um, that kind of opportunity kind of presents itself all the time for me. And I also like make a point to go after it, you know, when I see it. Yeah. And have you dealt with, um, rejection, either like rejection from an internship or just rejection from an idea that you presented for it at work? And if you have, how did you, how did you deal with it? Yeah. I mean, all the time, like a pitch meeting is basically like come in with a million ideas and maybe one of them will (laughs) get, will stick. So I think earlier in my career, I took it really personally, but I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things that you just kind of realize is not a big deal and it's not a reflection on you. Um, I think as an intern, I, I, I definitely dealt with that a lot more. Like I'm not going to lie. I had some pretty horrible like intern experiences, but I think that that's like just 
you learn what you don't like and you learn what kind of company you don't want to be at. Like I was once at a company where the boss asked me to tie her shoes for her. (laughs) She was getting into sandals and she was painting her nails, which is like already, why the F are you painting your nails at the workplace? But that's another story. Um, And she asked me to like put her feet into these sandals and lace them up. And like, I did it because, you know, I was 19 and had no sense of the world. Um, but so like that kind of, and also just like applying to internships, like I, it's so competitive. I, every like season, so every like semester, I would probably apply to like 50 internships and maybe get four interviews, you know, like it's that kind of rejection is like incessant. Um, but again, it's like you go through it and then something sticks and it's, it's a little like, I don't necessarily believe in like karma or like the world like gives you what you need. But I do think that like a lot of the jobs that I didn't get, like I'm glad I didn't get them. Like there's a reason I wouldn't have dragged with the culture or, or I just like wasn't cut out for it. And like, if I had gotten it, you know, the things that I went out for that like maybe were outside of my scope of ability at that time. Yeah. That showed me that I needed to work harder and learn this skill and like present myself better for the next interview. So it's it's certainly hard, but it gets better. <laughs> so I guess living in New York, is it all that it's cracked out to be? Um, I know it's like the very hustle culture. Do you find that it's like that for you? And I do, I do know that getting a visa and working there was quite difficult. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah, yeah, of course. The, the visa thing is like a, a giant... You probably just want to make a, a podcast all about getting visas, <laughs> but and I'm not out of I'm not out of that process yet. Like I'm, I'm on a visa right now that expires in at the end of 2021, and then it'll I'll have to go through the process all again. And it really changes like it, based on your industry, where you're from, where you're trying to get a job at. It's very intense and complicated and scary. So. I don't really like know how to give universal advice for that because I feel like it changes, but it certainly like was an additional factor that I had to like, um, consider when choosing companies to internet and the company that I'm at, that I'm at now, like I found senior year of college and was this company has a great track record with sponsoring people or just like not necessarily sponsoring people, but like having an open door policy to people that aren't American. So that like, I would, I would encourage anyone that's like trying to get employment outside of their, uh, country of birth to look at the companies and their history with immigration policy and stuff before, like, it's just not worth it to, to apply somewhere to apply to a company that isn't open to people that aren't you know, from there. As far as your question about New York, like it's the, I think it's an intense place and it's, it, it's really, really fun. And it's also really, really hard. (laughs) Um, I think it took me a really long time to let myself just not take advantage of all the opportunities here. Um, in the sense that first year or so of college, I felt this pressure, like whenever I had like a free hour to be like, at that new museum or like going to this pop-up, taking the subway to Queens to see the exhibit, blah, blah, blah. And I burnt out really quickly. And I realized that it's okay to just spend the entire weekend at home watching Netflix because, you know, 
Monday to Friday is hard and you need to kind of shore up energy for that. So I, it's, it's really, really fun, but you have to be really, uh, judicious with, at least I do. I have to be judicious about how I go out and when I go out because I get exhausted. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So in an ideal world, where do you kind of see yourself in the next few years? Doesn't have to be super specific with a job, but um, yeah. Do you hope to stay in the States or what are your, what is your plan there? Yeah, I do hope to stay um, in New York. I'm not like so wedded. I don't, I've never lived anywhere else but New York and Vancouver. So I'm really, really happy in New York and I've built a community of really close friends and, you know, the man that I love is here and that's, you know, I'd, I'd say honestly, I'm here more for the people than the job. Uh, I love my job, but it wouldn't be worth it to go through all of the visa stuff if I was just here for the job. So I, I can't really like the visa thing is like a continual variable variable that I'm not sure that I will be able to be here in the next in like five years. Um, so I, if I can, I'd love to be in New York. I'd love to be working in the industry that I'm in. I'd love to a goal of mine is to continue investing in my writing outside of work and just exploring what feeds me outside of the office because, you know, it's it's great to love your job and, you know, be excited about your career, um, but that's not everything. And I think that the more that I'm, like, in the workplace, I'm realizing that it's important, but it's, like, it's not everything. But just to end on a more general question. So what do you think are some of the bigger challenges for women in the workplace, maybe specifically in your industry? Yeah, I, I don't know if this is New York, um, but I just I, I, I guess I feel more comfortable speaking to like women in the workplace. Um, yeah. I think there are not a lot of models for female leadership. I happen to be at a company where two of our senior leadership team are women. And that is amazing and super rare. (laughs) Um, and it's just like, like my, my boyfriend works in tech, actually in ad tech. So kind of like adjacent to my industry and it's like total boys club at his company. Um, and I could never work at a company like that. Um, but something that I think I have struggled, I continue to work on is like just being comfortable speaking to male leaders because there are two women in, um, at my company, but I don't like work with them on a daily basis. Like my day-to-day managers are male and I like have noticed that I have this insidious, nervous tick thing with men uh, at work where I just suddenly start like talking quieter and being and second guessing my thoughts and stumbling over my words. And it's just not a thing that happens when I'm speaking to women. And I think that that has to do with just like in my life, historically, I've just been more comfortable with women um, and spent more time being myself around women. And I think that like something that I'm working on now is like just trying to not just think that because, oh, this, this person I'm speaking to is a man that I'm not competent, or that means that I need to somehow translate myself or posture myself in a way. Cause that is, that's the problem. Like that's the, 
well, I mean, that's not the problem with gender politics in the workplace, but that's the, the problem with me relating to men is that I, I come in with a, a sense of like internalized misogyny and fear that I am not good enough and they're not going to take me seriously. And that's absolutely in my head. And um, I'm working on uh, exercising myself of that. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way because I'm, I'm at a tech company myself and I'm in marketing Mm-hmm. And there's over a hundred employees and it's maybe sadly, unfortunately, 80% male Yeah. and 20% female. And a lot of the males are in higher positions and yeah, I definitely feel inferior. And I feel like if I'm too nice, they won't take me seriously. But if I'm too stern, they might think I'm a bitch, but it could be yeah. all in my head, but it's just, yeah, I guess growing up in the same, I was very comfortable more around females, but um, yeah, having to talk to males, especially in higher positions, I find that difficult. Even talks about like money and whatnot, like I would yeah. love to work on that myself. Like it, it's a funny thing because I, I, I want to remember to be kind to myself and like not, it's not like made up in my head, you know, those, <laughs> those fears. Like there's like a very demonstrated history of like women not being taken seriously by men but I just like want to make sure that I don't go into the workplace assuming that that's going to happen like if that happens which it may well happen like then I can address it setting myself up to be disrespected isn't helping anyone and that was Frances Thomas check out some of her pieces at quiddity.com slash curators slash Francis dash Thomas. Thank you to all my friends and family for the support and love that I received for this podcast. As always, please subscribe and leave a review if you can.